G'day, it's Sunday, I'm Scott Gibbons and this is On The Road. So if you're ready to be on the road, I'm ready to be on the road, let's get on the road together and we're going to learn all about caravans and motorhomes and maybe some camper trailers and tents and places to go and see. We're going to explore Australia together. This is going to be fun. If you're ready, fasten the seatbelt, we're on the road. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons, it's Sunday. By golly, doesn't the week just fly in Santa Claus? Ha <laughs> ha! He's going to be flying pretty soon too. Now, one of the things we always talk about or constantly talk about is the benefits of joining a four-wheel drive club. Now, if you're not in a four-wheel drive club and if you are a four-wheel driver, consider doing it and even better, consider getting someone to buy you your membership or contribute to your membership for Christmas. What a good idea because that's a present that you're going to enjoy all year long. Now, I'm a member of the Toyota Land Cruiser Club, and some of the things they do, you will just, you'll just be impressed by. So they have uh, four-wheel drive driver training. So they have four-wheel drive driver training courses, and they hold them most months throughout the year. So Module 1 is held at their... Um, at their meeting area. So that's held at the meeting, and it covers the basic principles of four-wheel driving and the types of four-wheel drive vehicles that there are, and they generally held that on Tuesday night. And then Modules 2 and 3 are held at Willow Glen, which is one of their properties. They have two absolutely top-draw, first-class magic properties. But the one at Willow Glen, you go down there over a weekend of practical four-wheel drive driver training. Now, what that means is that if you have not done anything to your four-wheel drive, take it along. Let them show you. If you haven't done any four-wheel driving before, if you haven't even got the wheels on the dirt before, it doesn't matter. You, t you go on, you join, and they have education people there that are just going to show you how to do it correctly and safely. Got to tell you, once you do it, you will love your four-wheel drive even more than what you do now. So this isn't designed to go and get your car scratched and bumped and knocked. It's designed to show you how not to get your vehicle banged and bumped and knocked. It's designed to let you know what your four-wheel drive will do. And you will come out with so much more confidence, not just because of your four-wheel driving, but for normal driving as well, you will, you will understand your vehicle better. So you get to stay overnight on the property, you get to drive over very diverse terrain, which is found on the club's property, or you can stay if you want to. So if you've got a tent, then you stay there. If you've got a caravan or a camper trailer, you stay there, whatever you want. If you've got a swag, you can stay there because they've really got terrific areas. But if you want to, you can stay overnight at some local accommodation nearby, have a little bit of rest and come back ready for the Sunday. So if you're a member of the club, you don't just get to do this once. You can do it time and time again. And then you're welcome to just tag along, do whatever you want to do. But you'll learn how your car behaves. And sometimes, sometimes you can get your little badge and the badge says, yes, I'm a four-wheel driver. But then you don't go and use it. You don't go and use that knowledge. You don't slip your car in a four-wheel drive low. So if you want to, you can go back and do a refresher course. So they that's the, the Toyota Land Cruiser Club. That's one of the things that they do. Now, they also do, during the year, sand driving. So they always have, if you haven't done sand driving, make sure before you do it, if you're tempted to do it, before you do it, do a sand driving course. Now, as a member, the, the, it's all included. So that driver training that I told you about, that's included with you being a member. The sand driving 
is, is included with you being a member. So it's a great day out. The kids will love it. You don't just have to do this by yourself. You take your family with you. But it is magic. And one of the best areas to do sand driving is at Stockton Beach, just up near Newcastle. So don't forget about that. Now, when you become a little bit more proficient, then you can do the advanced recovery and four-wheel drive driver training. So that's it's mandatory for people who want to become a driver trainer. So if you want to become a driver trainer, then you have to do the advanced recovery course. But if you don't want to become one of those, you can still do it. So as long as you're a financial member, away you go, but you've got to, you've got to have done the original four-wheel drive training on that. Now, this one is a little bit more physical. So you'll actually be working on sloping ground, you'll be on loose rocky area, you'll be on uneven surfaces, you'll do some lifting, you'll do some carrying equipment. They'll show you how to use a hand winch, and if you haven't used one, please get someone to show you how to use it before you go playing with it. Uh, you'll probably crawl under vehicles. They'll even show you how to use a high-lift jack. And again, if you haven't used a high-lift jack, don't use it until you're shown how to do it because they can bite fingers off or cause even worse damage. So make sure that you, you learn. And that's the whole idea of joining a four-wheel drive club. So if it's not the Toyota Land Cruiser Club you join, go and join another. They're all over the place. Just Google four-wheel drive clubs. If you're in Sydney, four-wheel drive club Sydney, Whatever you want to do. So whatever area you're in, there will be four-wheel drive clubs. And I'm telling you, you will have a ball. And the social aspect of it is terrific because you're going to meet people who like doing what you're doing. Now, the other thing the Toyota Land Cruiser Club do is they have a towing course. So every year they do a towing course. So you can take your own vehicle down there. So that's your, your vehicle and whatever you're going to tow, whether it's a box trailer or a caravan or a camper trailer, whatever it be. And they will show you all the essentials. So there's usually a few spare trailers there. If you don't have one, then they might even have one that they can lend you. Again, there's no charge for the course because once you remember, it's like a big family. It's like a big family. So you've got your recreational four-wheel driving training course, sand driving they'll do. There's chainsaw courses. So if you want to learn how to do a chainsaw course, then um, and again, do the course. Don't just go and buy a chainsaw out of a, a hardware shop or a supermarket and think, hey, I know what I'm doing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Make sure you go and do the course because there is there are things that you need to know and safety things that you need to do. Uh, they'll also show you how to do Aussie Explorer for Android. They'll do the HEMA app. They'll do the HEMA HN7 they have an auto electrical workshop, so if you want to wire up your own driving lights and your own radio and whatnot, then they will teach you the basics on how you can do that for yourself. As I said, there's the towing education course. They'll even, uh, on some clubs, there's bird watching and things like that. So that's the sort of thing that you want to do is if you've got a four-wheel drive, use it. Now, sometimes you think, oh, gee, I, I want to go four-wheel driving, but it doesn't suit my mate that wants to go. He wants to go too, but he can't fit in that weekend. And then the weekend that he can fit in, you can't fit in. If you join a club, there's generally always someone to go with. And there's also organised tours. So they might say, listen, we're going to do a, a, a trip this weekend or this day. So it might be a Saturday they're doing a trip or a Sunday they're doing a trip or a Saturday and Sunday they're doing a trip. And it might be with or without trailers. It might be with or without caravans. It could... It, and they give you the rating on the tracks. So if it's going to be heavy duty or medium or easy or just a touristy thing. So whatever you want to do, 
join a club and you will have so much more fun. But you'll also find that if you've got kids, your kids will really enjoy it because the other kids that are there, they've all got the same sort of interest. So you have some fun. It's going to be good. I reckon we should... I reckon, what about a little bit of Keith Urban where the blacktop ends? Because if we're talking about four-wheel driving and getting on the dirt roads where the blacktop ends, I think that's got to do it. So here's Keith Urban. You enjoy where the blacktop ends. And the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well Gonna visit old friends And feed my soul With a black top ends hey! I'm looking down the barrel Of a ride at night And riding on a river of freeway lights A goodbye city I'm in country bound So Monday rolls around <laughs> Gonna kick off my shoes Run in bare feet where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends and feed my soul Where the black tongue ends Working in the grind is an uphill road I'm punching that clock and carrying that load Busted all week and then I'm free The weekend belongs to me <laughs> I'm gonna kick off my shoes and run in bare feet With the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends And feed my soul where the black top ends So come on, give me some fresh air, give me that farm Give me some time with you in my arms Far away from the hustle and the pressure and the noise Wanna kick out my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends And feed my soul, you betcha Wanna kick out my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends Blacktop ends, isn't he good? That's Keith Urban where the blacktop ends. Love that song. Now, one of the things you want to do is start planning where you're going and when you're going. So, if you're choosing a national park, I don't think you can go wrong. So, you can visit some of Australia's most iconic natural landscapes, and they're right on your doorstep and they're all over the place. All over the place. So even Sydney, if you're in Sydney, you've got national parks throughout Sydney. So you've got 50 national parks, the Sydney and surrounding region, 
50 national parks. Now, if you want to do rock climbing, you can do rock climbing. You can even do a World War II submarine tour. There's bike trails, there's bushwalks, hundreds of experiences. So, and you've even got Sydney Harbour National Park. So an hour's drive west of Sydney is the World Heritage listed Blue Mountains National Park. Now, be careful because there's, some been, there's been some fires out there recently, but you know, just do your little search and see if there's any fires where you're going. If there are, stay away. And if there's not, go and have a, a little look. So it's got fabulous rock formations and grand waterfalls and you can escape the crowds and you might even find a hidden gem. There's historic tracks, there's ancient canyons. Uh, if you want solitude, then you go to Canangra Boyd National Park. Canangra, K-A-N-A-N-G-R-A-Boyd, B-O-Y-D, Canangra Boyd National Park. Karingai Chase National Park's a beauty. That's got, that's got bob and head. Now, if you love water, if you love scenery, just little boats, bobbing up and down then you go to bobbin head gee i went there as a school kid it's still one of my favorite places fabulous south of the city center you've got kamay k-a-m-a-y which is the botany bay national park and that's got the region's best whale watching views when the whale watching season is on heathcote national park that's a great day trip and that's an easy one it's an alternative to royal national park which can get busy especially in summer the Royal National Park, I think, was the second national park in all the world. If you want to go a little bit further, then you just duck down to the south coast and you've got fabulous areas there stretching from Wollongong to Eden all the way to the Victorian border. So the New South Wales south coast, there's 35 parks and they're perfect for families or adventure seekers or weekend escapers, whatever you want to do. You can go to Minamurra Rainforest Centre, which is in Badaru. National Park, B-U-D-D-E-R-O-O, National Park. That's near Wollongong, and that's an easy loop through the rainforest oasis and nearby Fitzroy Falls. And, of course, you've got Morton National Park. You can stay at a beachside cabin in Murramurang National Park, M-U-R-R-A-M-A-R-A-N-G, Murramurang National Park. And you can wake up to kangaroos on your doorstep. Maybe, maybe. Can't guarantee it, but they, they tell me you can. And, of course, you've got Lake Duras. But I think, again, you've got fires going through that region as well. So, again, do your little bit of homework. Uh, if you want to go down to Berry, then you've got wildflowers and wildlife at the Barren Grounds National Park. The Ben Boyd National Park, that's a, a light-to-light walk. It's a must-do there's the Montague Island Nature Reserve. That's good. If you want to go a little bit further again, you've got the Murray Riverina area. That's got 10 national parks. We are so blessed in this country, aren't we? We are just so, so blessed. So you've got magnificent wetlands there. You've got iconic rivers and bird life and sunsets that colour through to the endless open vistas and the region skims the southern New South Wales border from Wagga Wagga all the way through to South Australia. And then you've got Murray River National Park and the regional park. You've got the Yanga National Park, which has great fishing along the Murrumbidgee River. The Mungo National Park, that's got significant Aboriginal sites and uh, just what... If you're going to... Go down the Snowy Mountains. The, the Snowy Mountains in summer is fabulous. Take your push bike with you or rent a push bike when you're down there. And if you like doing mountain biking, by golly, is that a good place to do mountain biking? You take your bike all the way up on the lift and then you ride it down. Oh, it's just fabulous. But it's uh, that's the Kosciuszko National Park and it offers every type of explorer. You can camp by the fab, 
Snowy River. You can climb Australia's highest mountain, which is Mount Kosciuszko. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And you can hit the slopes in winter, of course. You can head to Yerangabili to explore magical caves or swim in a naturally heated thermal pool. And, of course, you've got the family-friendly Selwyn area, which is really, really nice with rolling alpine plains. Perfect for horse riding, great for fishing, great for bushwalking. And, of course, you've got the Threadbow Perisher area, so you can bike that Threadbow Valley track. So you've got so much to do. Then, then, the thing that you might want to do is Outback New South Wales because we want to put some money back into our country friends, don't we? Our country cousins that are out there doing it hard. Take your money out there. Don't go to Bali. Don't go to anywhere like that. You've put your money back here in Australia and make it happen. You've got to, we've all got to do our bit. So Outback New South Wales could be just fabulous for you. So you can tour the Matawindji historic site and see the Aboriginal rock art dating back thousands of years. You can hear stories of the Aboriginal traditional owners after the heavy rains. You can head to Turail National Park. You can camp along the majestic river gums of the Kinchiga National Park. So all you've got to do is go into Discover New South Wales National Parks. So or just go into nswparks.info. nswparks.info. You'll find out so much. Country New South Wales, you can go to Bald Rock National Park, Oxley Wild Rivers National Park, the Hill End. If you're going out past Bathurst, go to Hill End. You'll have historic sites there. You'll learn all about the gold rush. You And, and it, it is so good. The kids will love it. If you've got kids, they will love that. There is so much history there, some of the houses that are there, the stories. Go down the mine. Is a, there's a mine museum there. By golly, that's fun. It is really worthwhile. There's a, the museum has got stuff in there that I'm sure the kids have never seen. So there's real history. And, of course, if the kids have never seen it, the oldies are just going to go, oh, wow, remember that? Remember that? Oh, remember that? We, we had one of those. You've got to do it. You can go to the Pilliga Forest, immerse yourself in iconic Australian landscape with over 2,000 kilometres of trails. So there's plenty to explore by foot or by car. There's Mount Caputa, K-A-P-U-T-A-R, K-A-P-U-T-A-R, Mount Caputa National Park. And you've got towering forest there, awe-inspiring views. Again, plenty of places to go cycling and walking and horse riding trails if you're a bit of a, a thrill seeker. Dorigo National Park, by golly, that's got timeless rainforests. You've got Nightcap National Park. You've got so many. Barrington Tops, we are just lucky. Now, talking about lucky... If you're lucky, then you'll get to go to ARB St. Peter's. Now, ARB are just fabulous people, but the ARB store at St. Peter's, which is on the Princess Highway at St. Peter's, is just a winner. The people there are fabulous. The store's got huge parking and stocks the full range of ARB and partner products and accessories for a wide range of makes and models. So Chris Lopez is the branch manager there, and he and his team, they are just Fabulous. So whatever you want, if you walk in there, you will be impressed. So that's ARB at St. Peter's. Now, ARB uh, also have Old Man Emu Suspension. If we're going to talk about Old Man Emu Suspension, which is really good, then we've got to talk about John Williamson when he sings Old Man Emu. So you get ready for Old Man Emu because here he comes. You get to sing along. John Williamson and Old Man Emu. I'll be back with you in just a little while. I'm Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. We're on the road together. We're having fun. Hey, it's it's already December. Already December. Santa Claus is coming. So you might find something at ARB that you want to get for yourself. 
And if you want to, if you really want to be really good, then you go to buy a bail. Buy a bail. Just Google that, buy, B-U-Y-A-B-A-L-E, buy a bail. And you buy a bail or five for friends who think, hey, what can I get them for Christmas? Oh, they've got everything. They don't want another bottle of wine. They don't want another cake. They don't want this. They don't want that. They've already got it. But you want to give them something because, you know, they're really good friends. Then that's what you do. You go to buy a bale and you buy them a bale or two or three or four or five and say, hey, you've done this. I've done this for you. We're doing it together. We're doing our bit to help Australia. So here we go. Old man Emu, John Williamson. You enjoyed that. I'll be back with you in just a little while. Let me tell you of an interview with an old man emu. He's got a beak and feathers and things, but the poor old fella ain't got no wings. Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? And battle it da 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 While the eagle's flying round and round to keep it two feet firmly on the ground. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo. But I do. He can't fly, but I'm telling you, we can run the pants of a kangaroo. Was the model for the 50 cents? Um, battle it, da da da. The designer should have had more sense. Um, battle it, da da da. If you take a look, it'll prove to you. <laughs> I ran the pants of that kangaroo, but I do. Take a look, it'll prove to you. We ran the pants of the kangaroo. The loon like a cockatoo, um, battle it, da da da. Swoop and toss like an albatross, um, battle it, da da da. You silly gala, I'm better by far than a white cockatoo or a budgerigar. They squeak and squawk and try to talk. Why, me and them's like cheese and chalk, but I do. He can't fly, but I'm telling you, we can run the pads on the kangaroo. Last time I saw old man, he knew him, battle it, da da da. He was chasing a female, he knew him, battle it, da da da. As he shot past, I heard him say, She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pants of a kangaroo, but I do. She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pants of a kangaroo. There is a moral to this ditty, um, battle it, da da da. Thrush can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, battle it, da da da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Eat you can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. When the kookaburra laughed and he said, It's true, um, battle it, da da da. Oh, Scott Gibbons back again. How good's John Williamson? How good is old man Emu? Just fabulous. Now, speaking of fabulous, you can't talk about fabulous without talking about Paravan's Caravan World. They are fabulous people. They're in Windsor, 38 to 40, Milam Street, Windsor. And what do they sell? Well, their new caravans are Australian-made, Australian-owned. So they're quality builds. 
you can have custom changes. That's one of the beautiful things about it is you can buy a van from Paravans that's straight off the rack and everything is nice. Or if you want to customise it, then you talk to the team and they will have it customised with the changes that you want with a whole wide range of layouts. So they've got stock vans on site. Stock vans already done, so you can go in now and buy a stock caravan. And they've got new ones in stock right now, ready for you, ready for Christmas, ready for you to get away. The family can escape with you. And you've got full warranty, you've got peace of mind, and you've got personal service all the way through the whole process. So that's the new van. So they've got River Caravans, R-I-V-E-R, River Caravans, and they've got Atlantic. Now, I've gone through both the Atlantic and the River models that they've got this very week. I'm telling you, they are great. Now, if you want to, you can have a pre-loved caravan, and they've got a large range of pre-loved caravans. Now, here's the difference. All of their pre-loved caravans, unlike going and trying to find, find one that's for sale privately and you don't know the story about it, all of their pre-loved caravans are workshop tested. So paravans care about their used vans. So they're all workshop tested, they're all approved, they check the brakes, they check the bearings, you get a full demonstration. So when you pick up your used caravan, same for a new one by the way, but when you pick up your used caravan, they go through all the things. So they make sure that all the lights work. They make sure that all the appliances are working. They show you through. You've got to allow maybe a couple of hours just to be shown over your van because that's how detailed paravans are. Then, of course, you've got a large workshop. They've got experienced tradespeople. I saw a van that they're repairing this week that's been hit by hail damage. They're pulling the whole thing apart. They're going to put a new skin on it. Uh, the windows are all out. They're doing everything. But one of the things they did do is they covered the vinyl flooring with plastic. So as their tradespeople walk in and out, they're not scratching your vinyl. So they, they, they protect, they prepare, they do all the good things. If you want accessories or spare parts, they've got them. If you want finance or insurance, then you talk to them. They've got it. So that's Paravans. Hey, how do you get in touch with them? You just give them a call, 4577-5577, and that's Paravans, P-A-R-R-A-V for Victor, A-N-S, P-A-R-R-A, V for Victor, A-N-S, paravans.com.au, and they are just terrific. You'll really, really enjoy them. Now, here's one of the things you want to do is maybe you want to go and help somebody out. So in the Help Wanted section of the Grey Nomad in the Hunter Valley, they're after people to help them. They've got these people have got a hundred acre property in the beautiful Hunter Valley of New South Wales, and they're preparing to be a retreat centre and an equine sanctuary, so where they can run courses and run horses for that matter, retreats with healing and spiritual or nature aspect to them. And they'd love to find a couple to help with general maintenance and gardening and horse feeding and some of the renovation work. So these people are both therapists. They've got a small herd of horses, which are also used for therapy. It's in a quiet rural area, close to wine country. So get your pencil handy, because I'll give you the details. And they're about 60 minutes from the beaches of Newcastle. They're looking for a couple for uh, with, with your own mobile accommodation. So bring your own van or whatever. They can give you the power, the water, and somewhere to park. And you've got 100 acres to roam in. And, and if you've got well-behaved pets, then you bring them along. So you go to Kieran, that's email Kieran, K-E-I-R-O-N at Tenran Reiki. So it's T for Tom, A, 
N for November, R, A, N for November, Reiki, R-E-I-K-I dot com. So, Kieran, K-E-I-R-O-N at T for Tom, A-N-R-A-N, R-E-I-K-I dot com. And you might just find yourself somewhere to stay up in the Hunter Valley where you can play with horses and do various things as well. So that's going to be good. Now, in the Ali Karung community in the Northern Territory, they're chasing a couple. They prefer a couple as supervisors and mentors. Uh, so this challenging opportunity will require an enthusiastic and motivated couple with a strong interest in supporting development of remote communities that would make a positive impact on the lives of people. So the position, which is based at the Ali Karun community, is about 300 kilometres north of Alice Springs. It includes a fully furnished two-bedroom house, there's a win, and use of a 4 by 4 vehicle, that's good. And the successful candidates will work with the Centre Farm Aboriginal Horticultural Group that's developing the economic development strategy for the Indigenous estate of the Northern Territory. So the position will suit a mature couple with practical farming or a trade background who have a hands-on approach to their work. And the aim is to develop and manage work experience project that provides vet training for the Ali Karung Residence. So there you go. That's a nice little thing to do. So I'm going to give you the details now. Get your pencil out. So this is Vin, V for Victor, I-N, Vin, V for Victor, I-N, at Centre Farm, C-E-N-T-R-E, farm, one word, C-E-N-T-R-E, farm.com. So there you go. You just send them off an email. Maybe, maybe that can be you. I don't know. And in the Ferguson Valley in Western Australia, hey, this is a goodie. Ferguson Valley, Western Australia, they're looking for a carer for the lady's mum. So maybe you've got some nursing experience uh, and, and you want to have a bit of a break yourself. So she's 57. She had a horse accident. She's broken her L2 and fractured another bone in her back. She's broken five ribs and broken her ankle in three places. And she's having surgery. So when mum gets home, we're wanting a carer while dad's at work. And if she can't push herself in the wheelchair, she'll need toilet assistance. She can't turn or bend with the brace on. So just generally helping her transfer from the bed to the wheelchair, etc. And that'll probably be for around 12 weeks of help. And if you're able to pot around the garden or prepare some meals, that would be fantastic. They live in the heart of the Ferguson Valley in Western Australia with the property situated on 32 acres with the house overlooking a massive dam. You've got horses and dogs and chooks and ducks and cats that you can watch and play with. It's a beautiful place to live. And they're hoping for someone to start as soon as possible. So if that's still available, send them an email to Caitlin. That's C-A-T-E-L-Y-N, Caitlin underscore number two at me.com. So Caitlin, C-A-T-E-L-Y-N underscore number two at me, that's M-E dot com. And maybe, maybe that's going to be just fabulous for you. I'll give you one more, one more, and this is in Pomona, P-O-M-O-N-A, Pomona in Queensland. They're looking for a friendly, honest couple for noosacottages.com. There's no super hard work They've had no fires. They've got two days a week in exchange for a van site with an ensuite power and water in a private glade. You've got five minutes to your local friendly town of Pomona. It's a great cafes. There's charity shops. There's a really good IGA. It's okay if you have a dog as long as it's controlled at all times. If you've got some skills like carpentry, mowing, planting some trees, some weeding, washing, folding linen, painting, common sense, and a love of the bush, then you just call Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Linda, 
or give her a phone call 0419-719941. They've all been in Grey Nomad Times, so thank you to them for all of that. They are just terrific people. I love going through and trying to find things for you. So you're going to have a good time doing that. Don't forget, with, with BioBail, because we talked about BioBail, uh, when you have your recycled bottles and you take them to the, the recycling centre, you know, those machines, you can donate that money from, from those bottles straight to Rural Aid or BioBail. So BioBail is B-U-Y-A-B-A-L-E dot com dot A-U, or you can go to Rural Aid, R-U-R-A-L-A-I-D, Rural Aid, and you will just be helping so much. You will be helping so much. Hey, it's Sunday. I'm Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. There's some hints for you. So don't forget about Paravans. Don't forget about ARB. You look after them. And we'll be back with you. And we're going to talk a little bit about bog out. If you haven't got a bog out and Santa Claus is coming, you've got to do that. We'll tell you a bit more about house sitting. We'll have a bit more music. I reckon we might have... Um... Gee, what do you reckon? I reckon we might have... Rolf Harrison, Six White Boomers, because why not? We've got Santa Claus coming, Six White Boomers. If you if you love Christmas, hey, I love Christmas. I used not to love Christmas, but I do now. Gee, I love it so much. And if, if you get that spirit going, you know, forget about the commercialism, but you really get the spirit of Christmas, it's a lovely, lovely thing. So Six White Boomers, Rolf Harris, you enjoy that. We'll be back to you in just a little while. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's Sunday. You're on the road. In Australia... Christmas comes in the middle of a very hot summer, so when Santa Claus delivers his presents, he's not taken round by reindeer because they can't stand the terrible heat. He's taken round by six big, white, old man kangaroos called the Six White Boomers. Early on one Christmas day, a joey kangaroo was far from home and lost in a great big zoo. Mummy! Where's my mummy? They've taken her away. We'll help you find your mummy, son. Hop up on the sleigh. So up beside the bag of toys, little Joey hopped. But they hadn't gone far when Santa stopped. Unharnessed all the reindeer and Joey wondered why. Then he heard a far-off booming in the sky. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Pretty soon old Santa began to feel the heat, took his fur-lined boots off to cool his feet. Into one pop Joey, feeling quite okay. While those old man kangaroos kept pulling on the sleigh Hey, six white boomers, snow white boomers Racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun Six white boomers, snow white boomers On his Australian run Then Joey said to Santa Santa, what about the toys? Aren't you giving some to these girls and boys? Well, they've all had their presents, Sonny We were here last night this trip is an extra trip, Joey's special flight. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Soon the sleigh was flashing past right over Marble Bar. Slow down there, cried Santa. 
It can't be far. Hop up on my lap here, son, and have a look around. There, there she is. That's Mummy bounding up and down. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Well, that's the bestest Christmas treat that Joey ever had. Curled up in mother's pouch, feeling snug and glad. The last they saw was Santa heading northwards from the sun. The only year the boomers worked a double run. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, racing Santa Claus through the blazing sun. Six white boomers, snow white boomers, on his Australian run. Ah, you're back with Scott Gibbons. How good is Rolf Harris? Six white boomers. Doesn't that make you feel so Christmassy? I reckon it does. Regardless of anything else, I think his music is just fabulous. Don't forget, speaking of fabulous, you can be fabulous if you buy a bale. So B-U-Y-A-B-A-L-E, buyabale.com.au. You can't do better than to buy a bale for Christmas and buy two, three, four, five, six, whatever you want to do. But that's a lovely Christmas gift. We all know people. We all know people who've got everything and you're thinking, gee, what can I give them? You just give them something to say, hey, I just bought you some bales. You're a hero. Aren't you fabulous? So that's a beautiful thing to do. Now, it looks like Nissan are going to bring out the big Titan, your big ute, big. So that might come out in 2020, we're expecting. That'll have a big engine and a nine-speed gearbox. Now, I don't know what sort of engine it's going to have, but that's happening. Uh, Mid-2020, you should get the new... Uh, Land Rover, the, the Land Rover uh, uh, Defender, it'll be coming out. That's That's got a whole confusing number of models and, and options and whatnot, but it looks like it's going to be sensational. So they've done some things on that. Uh, Santa Claus might be coming. The state government are going to review the toll charges because recently we had some changes to toll charges where it went back to just two levels, either a car or a B-double, and the caravans have been caught up as a B-double, so you're paying extra money on the Sydney toll roads for those, and that's not fair. Andrew Constance realises it's not fair, so he's going to review that and come back pretty quickly. I think uh, there's going to be a major adjustment on that into the good book, so uh, Andrew Constance might be putting on his Santa hat for that one. Uh, Julia Creek has been getting some terrific write-ups. People have been going to Julia Creek and saying how terrific it is. You can stay four days free camping, and then for that you get a discount for a caravan park. When you get to the caravan park, they've got a bus to take you to dinner. You can buy dinner uh, in the caravan park, and that's terrific, and the bus is provided so you can have a couple and you don't have to drive back. That's a nice thing. I think that's a bit of a win. Um, If you're going to South Australia, listen in, because the fruit fly down there is a major thing that they are very cautious about, people not taking fruit between the borders. Now, they're changing the signs. So there's a lot more signs going up to say, hey, uh, don't bring fruit in. So dump your fruit, <coughs> pardon me, dump your fruit before you get to the the booth because it appears if you take your fruit to the booth, you might even cop a $375 fine. So 
Read the signs. That's important. Now, speaking of signs, fruit picking might be one of the things you want to do. So if you think fruit picking is just for the 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 European backpacker, it's not. You can you can and, and you're not working like a slave either. So yes, it's a summer thing that you might be able to do. So fruit picking's gone totally respectable and there's no shortage of grey nomads making a decent income from it. Now that's good news, isn't it? So international tourist numbers have plummeted. One of the traditional sources of seasonal workers for the Australian farmers was the, the European backpacker. But now, if you get in there, the older Australians travelling around in camper vans and caravans are being targeted. So once you, uh, you might have thought, oh, I've given work away, hey, what a nice way to get some extra money. So at fruit farms these days, you're just as likely to find some grey nomads doing it you might be playing cards outside in the evenings and having a good time, but you're working your little tails off during the day and having a good thing. Now, make sure make sure that you, you keep up the, the water, the hydration, because it, it can be hot work out in the sun, but generally it's pretty good for you. Normally, you start in the morning and you finish before the sun really begins to take its toll. Now, each fruit or vegetable is different, and pickers soon work out what they like. So you might want to pick out strawberries or rock melons or watermelons or ground veggies like cabbage or zucchinis, uh, capsicums, potatoes. It means you'll be bending down a bit, but you know you might want to then go and change that and do the, the higher tree fruit like avocados and oranges and apricots and macadamia nuts and apples, cherries, bananas. They're a little bit friendlier on your back. So you're either paid by the hour or by the bucket. So the hourly wage is based on the Australian standard wage for casual farm workers. And for experienced or enthusiastic pickers, the contract arrangement is generally more lucrative. So you'll be paid a set amount per bin, and you're free to work for as long and as hard as you like, although obviously the farm will require a certain amount of productivity. And in addition to picking itself, there's lots of other opportunities for seasonal farm work, including pruning or weeding, or grading, or packing fruit that's already been harvested, or even driving tractors or heavy machinery, if you've got the license. So the Grain Nomad Fruit Picking Trail has become a well-worn one, and you'll see many of the same faces each year doing it. So you'll tend to find that when, when you pull into a town, you just find something on the grapevine, probably. No pun intended, but it's there for you. So as a rule, the main picking season is the summer months, as I mentioned. Your services will be in... <laughs> Hot demand <laughs> during the time. Happily for hardworking nomads, Australia is a big country. You can find yourself pretty busy. If you want to find out more, then you go to www.jobsearch.gov.au forward slash harvest trail. I'll give the that again. So if you've got your pencil handy, www.jobsearch.gov.au forward slash harvest trail. Trail. So you'll pick up tips about what jobs to do, and that's fabulous. So the brief guide will give you an idea of what to do. So in New South Wales, you've got your fruit and veggie crops. They're harvested all over New South Wales among the towns to check out uh, Griffith or Ballina, Forbes, Lismore for stone fruit, Bathurst, Forbes, Orange for apples, the Hunter Valley, uh, Mudgee, uh, Griffith maybe for grapes, Forbes and Tumut and Young for cherries, and Burke, Dubbo, Narromine and Leeton for citrus, but there's more in the Northern Territory. In Queensland, uh, you get a couple of crops year-round. You might get bananas, uh, you might get sugar in Tully and citrus and tomatoes in other regions, emerald and mandaburra and ganda for citrus, atherton for avocados and bowen, innisfail and air for tomatoes and other vegetables. South Australia's got some again. 
Of course, you've got the Barossa Valley, the Clare Valley, the Fleuro Peninsula for apples and pears and grapes, Barmery and Berry and Cadell and Loxton and Paringa and Ramco and Wakery for citrus and Barmera. So uh, you've got it all happening for you. Victoria's got a whole bunch again. Wongarata, the Arrow Valley for grapes. Tasmania, you've got it there too uh, for apples, cherries, grapes. Guns Plains in Tasmania for cherries and strawberries and vegetables. West Australia has it as well. There's so much to do. We are living in the best place in the world, aren't we? So don't forget that website again, www dot job search so www.jobsearch.gov.au forward slash harvest trail so there's so much for you to do so much it's everywhere for you so you've you've got all of that happening what else have we got for you charters towers if you want to go to charters towers that you can maybe do a house sitter up there i'll give you a phone number for that uh, that's 0476 507548 Charters Towers 0476507548 they would like you to do a little bit of, of uh, house minding for them uh, over in Wandering W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G Wandering in Western Australia you can go to uh, contact David uh, here's his email address it's G-D-J-H G-D-J-H Lockwood L-O-C-K-W-O-O-D, one word, G-D-J-H-Lockwood at gmail.com. So that's fabulous. So don't forget, you've got it all in. You've got all things happening. Now, if you're going to go fruit picking, then you're going to meet plenty of new people. If you're going to meet plenty of new people, what are you going to do? You're going to say g'day. So why don't we have a little bit of Slim Dusty and g'day, g'day. I love this song. I reckon you will too, and I reckon you'll be singing along to it. So g'day, g'day. Slim Dusty. Good on you. We'll be back with you in just a little while. This is Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. We're on the road with you every Sunday between 1 and 2, and we love it. We're so grateful for the feedback that you give us on the show. You are terrific. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for telling other people to listen. We are we are growing in audience. We know that. And uh, we're grateful for our, our sponsors as well. So Paravans, you look after them. I'll come back. I'm going to tell you all about NX Solutions because NX Solutions are great people. But in the meantime... G'day, g'day, Slim Dusty. Good on you. We'll be back with you in just a little while. G'day, g'day. How you going? What do you know? We'll strike a light. G'day, g'day. And how you going? Just say g'day, 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 and you'll be right. Isn't it great? To be an Aussie, taking a walk along the street, looking in shops or buying a paper, stopping and having a yarn with people that you meet down at the pub or at a party. Whenever you're stuck for what to say, if you want to be dinky die, why don't you give it a try? Look him right in the eye and say good day. Good day, good day. How you going? What do you know? We'll strike a light. Good day, good day. And how you going? Just say good day, good day, good day, and you'll be right. Now when Italians meet, they all go crazy. The folks all like to hug each other too. The Yanks invented high and see you later While the pommy will shake your hand and say how do you do Now watch out for a Frenchman or he'll kiss you 
The Spaniards go for all around LA But in the land of the cockatoo Cock hats and the didgeridoo When you meet an Aussie ten to one Here's what he'll say G'day, g'day How you going? What do you know? Well, strike a light G'day, g'day And how you going? Just say g'day, g'day, g'day And you'll be right It's a greeting that you'll hear across Australia From Geraldton to Golden Gundy Guy It's as dinkum as the dingo and the dahlia And you spell it with a G apostrophe A D-A-Y Good day, good day How you going? What do you know? We'll strike a light Good day, good day And how you going? Just say good day, good day, good day And you'll be right Good day, good day And how you going? G'day, it's Scott Gibbons, it's Sunday and it's great to be with you. I mean, when I say great, I'm talking about great. It is great to be with you because there are so many things we've got to cover today. Now, one of the items, which was in Unsealed 4x4, written by Wes Whitworth, he talks about one of the cheapest parts, the cheapest component, possibly the cheapest component of your four-wheel drive, and yet, without it, or if you do something wrong with it, it can just destroy your four-wheel drive. What are we talking about? We're talking about the simple fuse. Your simple, simple fuse. You buy them anywhere. They cost nearly nothing, but if you do it the wrong way, then you've got a problem. So what he says is he talks about the little simple thing. You might just swap your your fuse and you put the wrong one in because they all fit the same hole, don't they? They all fit the same hole, basically. And so, but if you put in the wrong one that's too strong, then you're going to have a problem. And one of the other problems he talks about is that if you happen to decide to wire in an accessory incorrectly and you don't include include a, a fuse in it, then your four-wheel drive can burn to the ground. And there's a 95% chance, according to him, a 95% chance that the insurance assessor will work out how the fire started. And from there, the assessor will work out that you've installed the wiring or an accessory without a fuse and that by your ignorance or, or as he says, stupidity, your expensive four-wheel drive is now a burnt-out mess. So, they'll either write you off or settle at a reduced claim. So it's directly, because they say it's directly the owner's negligence. So that's something to be very, very aware of. So what he also says is the first thing you need to understand is how the electrics in your four-wheel drive, which is a 12-volt, how it actually works. So when your engine's running, it's also turning the alternator, and this generates the AC power. Now, there's positives, there's negatives, there's all the things, but you've got to be aware of what's going to happen. So what's causing the electrical fire as well? If you look at what causes, in a nutshell, he says, it's contacting uh, of positive and negative without an appropriate load on it will create a short circuit. So 
He says, think of your average halogen or incandescent light bulb. The positive attaches to one side, the negative attaches to the other. And if there wasn't a resistance, which is your load on your circuit, everything would melt. So that's what you've got to be aware of. So the thing he says is, as an example, say you've got a 25 amp wire and a 20 amp fuse. That's perfect because the 20 amp fuse will blow before the 25 amp wire starts to burn. Very, very good. So when a fuse blows, then the burn is contained within that bit of plastic or a little bit of glass, whatever it be, but it can burn in like microseconds. So there's no time for anything to get hot all over the place. It's just done. You've blown your fuse and everything's fine. So then you get to change your fuse and see if it happens again. So, but what he says is you'd be surprised how many folks start wiring things up and they forget to put a fuse on the main power wire. So if you're going to rewire your fridge or your 12 volt oven and you and you just you take your Siggy plug and you're gonna you're gonna swap that straight into an Anderson plug, well something he says that you might not know is that the Siggy plug that you're cutting off has a round glass fuse inside it. Sometimes they're plastic but they, they work the same way. So just by cutting it off you've removed the fuse from that line. So the next thing to think about is the Siggy socket you're plugging it into also has a fuse at the fuse box if it's a factory socket. Now, if you run a 50 amp wire directly from your battery to your Anderson plug, you've just removed removed the factory fuse too. So now you've got a lead from your battery going straight to your fridge with no fuses. So, hey, if that all sounds confusing, I understand, but best best always just go to your auto electrician let them do the work unless you really know what you're doing and that's that's something for you to consider so hey it's sunday let's have a little bit of music i reckon we should get on the road what about a little bit of frankie davidson if you haven't been to see king's cross that's an oldie from from gee how long ago was that frankie davidson when he sang that have you ever been to see king's cross by golly he did it on tv and then it just took off what a beauty. Okay, you enjoy that. We'll be back with you in just a minute. This is Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. If you think you've done some travelling, like I say, you've been around. Then you see the sides of Paris or the heart of London town. You might say a night in Soho would be mighty hard to toss. But let me tell you, boy, that you just ain't lived until you've seen King's Cross. Have you ever been to see King's Cross? Where Sydney side is a million faces going places walking up and down the street white tourists everywhere in their travels do declare i've seen the world you can hear them crying i'll bet you attended to a con man's why you won't have seen the lot until the day you die if you haven't been to see king's cross now let's take the eating houses that you find along the way you might like to dine with a glass of wine or a service from Mornay. Or you can try a spot down under, you can have three course for a sack. And you can write your will as you pay the bill, just in case you don't get back. Have you ever been to see King's Cross, where Sydney ciders meet? There's a million faces going places, walking up and down the street. White tourists everywhere, in their travels do declare. I've seen the world, you can hear them crying, I'll bet you a dinner to a con man's why. You won't have seen the lot until the day you die, if you haven't been to see King's Cross. of spots to see and you'd like to spend some dough so you tell the taxi driver just where you'd like to go you might do a tour of sydney when in fact it's on the cars that the 
place you sought when you climbed aboard is up the road a hundred yards. the world you can hear him cry and i'll bet you a dinner to a con man's why you won't have seen the lot until the day you die if you haven't been to see king's cross so if you're a weary traveler and you think you've seen the lot we'll take my tip and make the trip while the money you've still got and in later conversation you'll never be at loss Cause you can tell them all that you had a ball when you went to see King's Cross. Have you ever been to see King's Cross? Where Sydney Siders meet? There's a million faces going places, walking up and down the street. White tourists everywhere in their travels do declare. I've seen the world, you can hear them cry, and I'll bet you a dinner to a con man's why. You won't have seen the lot until the day you die. If you haven't been to see King's Cross, no, you won't have seen the lot until the day you die. If you haven't been to see King's Cross, no, you won't have seen the lot until the day you die.
Thanks so much for listening in to On The Road. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, then listen in again next Sunday between 1 and 2 and tell your friends to listen in. And the sponsors, you look after our sponsors because those sponsors are the ones that bring you the show. I'm Scott Gibbons. I'll see you next week between 1 and 2. 89.9 Hawkesbury Gold, the best in the West, between 1 and 2 every Sunday. We'll see you next week on the road. Mm-hmm.